0: Where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and today we're breaking down. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh
2: moving castle! <laughs> wow, yeah, that's right. <laughs> even even for me, that's low. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and one day I hope someone likes my spa, kendo. Well, you don't have one already. I mean, I love I love you know coming on after your quip sometimes. Because it's just as bad as mine are. They just pale in comparison to what is yours. It
0: raises the stakes back up a little every time. Mm. Like, every time that mm. happens, and today we are breaking down Hal's Moving Castle.
2: Yes, we are. Hendo, what else are we doing today?
0: Well, after the breakdown, we're going to take a look at some reviews that you guys have given to us. We'll take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite foreign language anime? Which is our top five as usual. We're going to take a look at the results of our round five of our tournament of champions. And then after all that, it is my turn to pick the next breakdown.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. What was your last pick, Hendo? Fargo.
0: Oh, Fargo was good. Yeah, what were you laughing about? You think I was going to say something shit? <laughs> yeah, probably. Dude, I can't remember the last time we... ...picked a breakdown that we gave a negative review to.
2: That's the problem with not doing random. Yeah, we're saving all the shit ones for last. I mean, for real, that is literally what we're doing. Because when are we going to pick a shit film? Like, it just does not happen. We're going well, to
0: yeah, but- we <laughs> have to. We might have to. just go back and forth. Like, all right, I'm picking a good breakdown this week. And then it's, when it's my turn again next time, I'm going to pick a shit breakdown.
2: I think at least what I should do is start picking films I have not seen... Yeah, you got a lot on there still. Yeah. There's a lot I of foreign it. films on there I haven't seen.
0: And a lot of them are, are good films. So I've had, got, one, uh, I've had
2: one sitting there for a long time as, all right, this, this time I'll pick it, and I just never do. I can never bring myself to pick a foreign film I haven't seen before. <laughs> You're just too scared, Dean. Come on, man up and uh, just pick it, would you? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we should do, like, uh, I pick, you pick, random, pod v pod. I don't mind it. You know, I think, I think there should be an element of randomness to it because there are, like, you're not wrong. We're going to end up in, you know, a year or two with 50 films we dread every single week watching.
0: We'll end up doing you pick, I pick, random pick slash not that one, do another random pick. Not that one, do another random pick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we won't though. That, that's the whole point. We've got to do it yeah. no matter
0: what. Unless it's Indian, I was gonna say if it's Gangs of Wasseypur, I'm all for it. Yeah,
2: I'm not watching all those Indian films. <laughs> I'll give you a hot tip. All right, but before all of that,
1: give me the update.
2: All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250? No, you can't even get it out. Got the... <laughs> oh, I can get it out. Why don't don't you, you worry. Give us the update. <laughs> uh, we have a a very high debut this this edition of the update, Hendo. We have a little a little Hamilton making yeah, its little debut Hamilton action. Uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed it didn't crack a top 10 debut. Uh, really? I have to, yeah. I, have to, I mean, it was sitting at 9.0, so I have to settle with debuting in at number 19 on the list. And I can tell you, I have no shame. I was watching this slowly get over 25,000 votes <laughs> on IMDb. I actually <laughs> logged in and voted for it myself <laughs> just Look at to you. try and help it along. Uh, how many yeah. times have you seen it now, Dean? Oh, uh, I don't know. What what have I logged? Four or five? I think I think you logged five. Yeah. Five plus multiple, multiple listens. Uh it's I'm v- very happy. I did see though it actually dropped down to eight point nine on IMDB.
0: Oh, terrible. Terrible.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm very pumped. That it's actually made it because I was speaking to you off-air. We weren't sure if it was actually going to qualify, being that it's a filmed stage show, but nah, it's there.
0: Yeah, honestly, I have seen the film since you spoke about it, and I was contemplating, do I put this in... When I do my 2020 rankings at the end, do I put this in there? Because is it actually a film or is it just a live recording? And I will definitely having it in the top 250 has lent more towards it. Yeah, it's a film. It's definitely a film. If they can put it in their list, I can put it in my list. Fucking earth. And that's all I have to say about the update. Well, that's all you have to say about the update. That's all that really matters for this week, for the top 250 update.
2: Nice. Give us the number 250 update. What's actually sitting on the cusp? Because I think it was, was it a silent voice? At least some point between <laughs> between now and the last time we spoke, a silent voice was sitting at 250. That's true, yes. What What, what is there now, Hendo? It's the original Aladdin. Nice. I've actually been watching the Will Smith one a fair bit lately, courtesy of my five-year-old. <laughs> She's does watching does a lot you're like, just re-watches. put Hamilton
0: on! <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, before we get into How's Moving Castle, just a quick reminder, we will be spoiling this film from the get-go, so if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. And with that being said, let's get into Howl's Moving Castle.
1: From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki the director of the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away. That is ancient sorcery. Quite powerful, too. This summer, experience the epic tale of a young woman transformed (gasps) by a mysterious curse. That's really me, isn't it? an enchanted moving castle. This is a magic house. And the one wizard powerful enough to set her free. This charm will guarantee your safe return. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli production of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Hold on. This June, Journey to amazing new worlds. Find me in the future! Aboard Howl's Moving Castle.
0: So, Howl's Moving Castle, released in 2004, written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, distributed by Studio Ghibli, featuring the voices of Chico Basho and Takuya Kimura with the English
2: <laughs> dub version. What, Here we not go. bad?
0: What, you yeah, didn't no, want fun. I, I was
2: surprised you went with... The Japanese voices that you have never heard before in your life.
0: Excuse me, I I started watching it again for a second time without the kids in its original form, so I have heard their voices, so you can shut the fuck up.
2: How was it? I mean, it was How how long did you last before putting on Christian Bale's sweet, sweet voice? (laughs) I didn't change it to the bloody English dub. I'd heard that
0: already. English dub version, yes, it does star the voices of Christian Bale, Gene Simmons, Emily Mortimer, Lauren Bacall, and Billy Crystal.
2: Yeah, one of the more accessible Miyazaki films, I think, just based on that voice cast alone. Billy Crystal is so memorable as Calcifer.
0: Yeah, when I was watching it, I forgot he had a voice in this film. And then when his voice popped in, I'm like, that's that's so easily Billy Crystal. You can just tell immediately who it is. Yeah. So the film tells the story of a young content milliner named Sophie who is turned into an old woman by a witch who enters her shop and curses her. She encounters a wizard named Hal and gets caught up in his resistance to fighting for the king. Music by Joe Hyeshashi, who's also done other Ghibli films, including Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. I mean, has he
2: done all the Miyazaki films? Those are the two li- I saw, listening so to this that's score, all I need to do. Listening to this score, I'm just like, man, this these movies have such a similar, gentle theme, every one of them.
0: What about this? Cinematography by Atsushi Okui, who did Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away as well. Nice. Oh, the list goes on. So there's a lot of strong anti-war themes in this film, and that's due to Hayao Miyazaki's opposition of the invasion of Iraq in 2003. He said uh, in an interview, he quoted, uh, he had a great deal of rage against the Iraq war, which led to make a film which he felt would be poorly received in the US. Interesting. Did it work? No, it didn't, clearly, because they got an English dub version out of this. International people love this film.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, yay for international people.
0: So in the Japanese version, it is Chico Baso who plays both young and Grandma Sophie, while in the English dub it is split
2: between Emily Mortimer and Gene Simmons. Okay, I mean I have not seen the Japanese version. How does it work having the same voice? Maybe changes it a little bit. It's the same person doing it. So it's the same person, but they're doing distinctly different voices. Or does Honestly, the old I lady? I didn't get to that point. Does the old? La- but ah, oh, You were so let down by the Japanese version that you turned what it I'm off What are you talking about? Even before she's turned into a witch four minutes into this film Are you serious? You, you know what I was, I was Mister, watching it and up on you're your like, soapbox hey. about, oh, I watched the Japanese version hey, Excuse me, I said I started watching it I would have kept watching
0: it, but you're like, okay, I'm ready to record I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I've got to turn it off now Bullshit <laughs> So it was actually upon seeing *Spirited Away* that Christian Bale immediately agreed to play any role in the film. He didn't expect to actually get the title role, but you know, pleasantly surprised when he did.
2: Yeah, and whilst that might sound odd at this point, you got to remember this is pre-Batman days. So Christian Bale is not a big star at this point. You know, he's the guy from *American Psycho*. Yeah, he hasn't done *Batman Begins* yet, but he certainly does a Batman
0: voice in this film.
2: Yes, he does. He is preparing for playing Batman apparently when he was doing this.
0: So, this film is loosely based on the 1986 novel of the same name by British author Diana Wynne-Jones. Now, at the time of the film's original release, it wasn't obviously released in the United Kingdom until maybe I think it was about a year later. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki actually personally travelled to England in the summer of 2004 to give a private showing of the film to Diana
2: Wynne-Jones. Very kind of him. It is. And she apparently loved it.
0: Yeah, you know, there are some uh, differences from the film to the novel, apparently. Sophie actually has two sisters in the, in the novel. The second one is named Martha, who was sent to be a witch's apprentice, but finds a spell to change her appearance and switch with Letty so that she can work in the bakery instead. So when Sophie goes to see Letty at the beginning of this film, it should have actually been Martha in disguise. Martha is also the character that Michael falls in love with in the book and in the film, Martha is mentioned by the shop girls saying that Hal ate Martha's heart but is not shown as Sophie's sister.
2: Yeah, I've read all that and honestly, I don't see the point of any of that. So, I'm yeah, glad that filler. didn't make it. Yeah,
0: But this was released in Japan on the 20th of November in 2004, released in America on the 6th of June in 2005 with a runtime of 119 minutes with the tagline of the two lived there. I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure that's the worst tagline I've
2: ever heard. <laughs> the two lived there? Yes. I mean, is that like a poorly translated Japanese thing? <laughs> I don't know. This is what the one that was the hell there. What
0: that? Are you serious? Is it, are they talking about the castle? Yeah, the two of them, they live there, in that castle. There's not even two people in there, though. I know, it's heaps of people. Anyway, budget of roughly $24 million and worldwide gross $236 million. Holy
2: shit. Yeah, that big is, success. That is heaps more than I
0: expected. <laughs> Only one Academy nomination that year, considering it's an animated film. It did get nominated for Best Animated Feature. It lost to Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit.
2: Which I did see at the cinemas, so there you go. Thoughts on the film? Uh, Worthy never of its s- win? <laughs> I mean, I would say no. I'm pretty sure I read a very, very strong review for it, which led me to go and watch it. I'd never, ever seen any Wallace and Gromit before. Really? I was, I was just like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> what? I was all about the Wallace and Gromit back in the 90s. Trip to the moon, wrong trousers, they're all great.
2: Don't even know what you're saying. <laughs>
0: it's just all gibberish you. But let's take a look at some scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it an 87%, saying exquisitely illustrated by master animator Miyazaki, How's Moving Castle will delight children with its fantastical story and touch the hearts and minds of older viewers as well. Rotten Tomatoes audience give it a 93 a lot higher than the critics there. Metacritic, usually a bit lower for than everyone in general. It's the same here, 80% for Metacritic. Letterboxd, give it a big, big 4.2 over there. But let's take a look at the history of How's Moving Castle in the IMDb Top 250 list. This film kind of struggled uh, for a couple of years there. It sort of peaked into the list bang on 250, late December of 2005, and then kept going in and out of the list for the next five years. And then at that point, about late 2010, that's when it made its surge. It started gradually increasing up the list, had a big surge in around 2013, 2014. And then for the next six years, it's just been steadily making its way up to where it currently sits at number 137, with an 8.2 over 315,000 votes.
2: Yeah, nice little trajectory up there. I'll be honest, I have no idea what you just said. (laughs) I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, cute generic response now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, nice trajectory. I'm like, what are you talking about? It dropped out a list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, why are we even doing this? It's out. <laughs> yeah, nice trajectory there. All right, Dean, let's get into it.
0: Starts off with the old castle, just having a cruise around the place.
2: Yeah, I quite like the reveal of the castle coming out of the fog. Yeah, looks uh, good. Is uh, Now, I don't really know what this means, but is the castle steampunk? Steampunk. Yeah, have you heard that word? No. Okay, let's just leave that then, because I don't think neither one of us are qualified to talk about steampunk. <laughs> well,
0: obviously, I'm not. <laughs> but I must say, as usual with most Ghibli films, the animation looks quite spectacular in this film.
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh Yeah, what do you say? It is such a yep. well-animated film.
0: Yep. Uh, Miyazaki knows, knows his shit. He knows exactly what to do.
2: Yeah. But as I said earlier, the score kicks in straight away here and it is gentle. We see the farm life down below and it's just, it's so peaceful. There's something about Miyazaki films, maybe not all of them, but this one, Spirited Away, Totoro, they're just such peaceful watches. Simple, like, simple, and not
0: simple in a bad way, but it's just like they're just easy watches. You just sit in and chill, have a good time. It's relaxing. It is relaxing watching this film. I'll give you that. But here's where we're introduced to Sophie, making some hats. You know, little uh little place of work there.
2: Her place of work. I would say it's her mother's shop, is it? Yeah, she works there making hats. Well, she lives there. So yeah, I think I think yeah, I think it's more than just her workplace. It's interesting that they all think
0: of Hal at this point as like some bad Monster. person. Yeah, yeah. Eating girls' hearts.
2: Yeah. But apparently uh he only preys on the pretty girls, so Sophie really doesn't have anything to worry about. According to her. Yeah. I mean are, are you saying? Like you find this animated girl attractive, or I'm saying, how
0: does in a way she thinks she's not attractive, but to everyone else she is.
2: I guess so. It's not like we ever see anyone being like, ugh, get away from me, you're so ugly." Exactly. That's
0: my point. Why do you immediately accuse me of being a anime fetish person?
2: Well, I'm, t- I'm just trying to get you to admit that you have an anime fetish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was a private
2: conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> Can you please stop sending me all these hentai links then? <laughs>
0: When I say off mic, it means off mic. <laughs> <laughs> now they've got a big uh, celebration going on, a nice parade here. And uh, Sophie gets gets caught by a couple little soldiers here being
2: a little uh, bit aggressive. Be honest. Did you get massive V4 Vendetta vibes here? No. <laughs> really? Innocent young girl walking the streets comes up against two law enforcement who want to have their way with her. These are some creepy, creepy guys.
0: They are. They definitely are. I was
2: a little uncomfortable sitting there with my kids like, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I was the same. The kids there, I was like, okay, please finish this scene. They're like, how old are you? I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Where is Hal? (laughs) But we do get a glimpse of Hal's powers here where he can just flick his finger and physically control these two guys.
0: Yep. You already know that he's... uh, He's much more powerful than everyone else in this town.
2: Yeah, and I love how calm Hal is in most of the film. Like, he does really exude this sort of sense of control, at least at this point. Even when he says to Sophie, like, he's just like, uh, just say no, know, we're being followed or I'm being followed.
0: Yeah, but he hasn't really got to care about it. He knows he's going to get out of the situation. He's got these yeah, creepy but group, we, group
2: but, monsters flying after him. Yeah, but we as an audience don't know that he's just going to get out of this situation like it's nothing. We yeah, don't know, when know he's that he can cool fly.
0: Yeah, but when he's acting cool and calm, you, you're you pretty sure he's going to be able to
2: get out of this. You don't know. Maybe he's suicidal. You don't know. <laughs> I thought it was funny when they're flying around up top and Hal tells her to just walk. And he says to her, see, it's not hard. I'm like, pretty sure it would be hard if you weren't standing next to her. Definitely. Pretty sure she'd be I'll, dead. At this
0: point I was thinking, like, they're floating up in the air and like does is anyone actually seeing that these two people are just floating up in the air? But Miyazaki does the right thing here because when they land, they're saying, Yeah, yeah, we saw you floating up in the air before. It's like, Okay, that clearly doesn't isn't a big deal for anyone then.
2: I mean, it's a world with wizards and witches in it. Exactly. So, you know, you've got to remember where you are, Hindo. Gene Malone voices Letty here. That's pretty random. Oh, Jean, Jean- not Jean, Jenna Malone. Yeah.
0: Jenna Malone, uh, Donnie Darko.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's also in Batman vs Superman Endo. The Ultimate I don't even, I don't Edition even know what that movie is. <laughs> Did you ever watch the different version of it? <laughs> oh, come on. No, of course not. Oh, then you haven't seen her.
0: 1BVS <laughs> was more than enough for me. Yeah, it's not a Miyazaki film without some weird fantastical things going on here and these, you know, big black goop monsters floating around. It's all all this stuff. Even with like my neighbor Totoro and all the other ones, it's it's such there's such this mystery fantastical feeling about them all that it's 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 very intriguing to
2: watch. I feel like this film is much 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 more like Spirited Away than My Neighbor Totoro. so I real I really need to watch Spirited Away again. Well, Spirited Away is much 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 more like this film than it is like <laughs> My Neighbor Totoro. <laughs> There's, you know, there's actual plot and stuff happening in these films. But no, uh, we do get Letty here saying that, you know, this guy, Hal, must have been a wizard. They don't realise it was actually Hal that was, was with her. Um, in fact, they say it can't be Hal because if it was, he would have taken her heart. Got a thing for hearts, this guy. I wonder if you know part of this story is has some truth to it. What that he actually did take the hearts. Yeah, I mean, this is someone without a heart. Where are they getting this story that he goes around taking girls' hearts from? It's too much of a coincidence, Endo.
0: How do they know he took the hearts? Did they like find the bodies without the hearts? Is this just like a
2: Chinese whispers going around? I mean, you say find the bodies without the hearts, but we actually see hearts come out of the chests, and there's no there's no wound. So, unless they actually perform, you know, detailed autopsies and crack open the rib cages to see if there's a heart there or not, I feel like they'd struggle to know. So, why are they saying it if they don't know? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) they've seen it happen. That's the mystery. That's true. Maybe they did see it happen. All right. Speaking of pretty girls, what do you make of the witch of the waste? Ooh. The opposite of a pretty girl? I mean, she's, you know, she's got nice eyes.
0: Oh, you got a thing for anime, do you? You like those anime eyes?
2: Yeah, you're slowly rubbing off on me, Hendo.
0: Like, but this lady... That, like that, that joke would have worked a lot more if you're actually in the room with me.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe for you, and <laughs> 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 Right now, I'm glad we're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we do get this witch lady uh, in the shop. Pretty pretty menacing towards Sophie here. Calls her tacky. It's not very nice. No, it's not. She's
0: really only after Hal here because
2: she he rejected her.
0: So she's going to take it out on Sophie.
2: Yeah. Very convenient that you know part of the spell that's been cast is that you can't tell anyone about it.
0: It's like uh for a, it's like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. The pen is royal blue. I mean, is it like that? Well, he can't tell a lie. She can't tell what's happened, so he's trying to force out a lie, and he can't. But
2: she's trying to tell the truth, whereas Jim Carrey is telling a lie. Oh, I mean, you want to get so technical, don't you? In my mind, it's almost the opposite of what's happening.
0: I must say my kids did have a bit of a laugh at when Sophie becomes the old lady and she keeps checking in the mirror to see if it's true or not. Yeah? Well, did, you obviously did, watch this with your kids too.
2: Yeah. I mean What do they Zara, what do they think of it? Yeah, I mean they like it. Zara's watched it a number of times. She's she's more of a fan of Totoro, but big yeah. big Studio Ghibli fan, my youngest daughter. Nice, love Spirited Away as well. Wow, now my kids love this film too. I mean, we're introduced to Sophie's mum for the first time here. It's like first, first out of two times, is it? First of two, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, I mean,
2: she accepts that Sophie is has got a cold. She sounds like a ninety-year-old woman. Surely she would? Wouldn't you go in the room to see how your daughter is? She sounds like that. I mean, check up on her. Yeah, I would if it sounded like a different person was in your daughter's room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, don't come in. I've got a cold. It's like, <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> like, what? Are you British? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Sophie obviously is not comfortable talking to her mother about what's happened. You know, yes, she can't before you jump in, but she, she leaves. She's like, fuck this place, and she's out. I must say. Apart yeah, man, you from must that, have watched a different film to me. I didn't I didn't see that quote in the film. Apart from the initial reaction in the mirror, she really does accept being an old lady very, very well.
0: Well, like you said, this is a, a world full of magic and mystery and that, so the fact this witch turned her into a, an old lady, she's like,
2: okay, i got to get my shit sorted here. I've got to go find Hal, get this shit she turned She's like, at least my clothes suit me now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are we wearing old lady clothes? <laughs> No, but she, she does set out on this mission. She wants to go and see witches and wizards. She wants to, you know, find a, a cure for herself. So she starts on this path, and the people who sort of lead her there on this this cart, they just say she's crazy, you know. She'll never make it alive out there. But one thing that we all know is that you can do anything if you only have a cane, Hendo. Is that what we know? Where's your sauce? Uh, turniped. Ah, turniped. Oh what I love, love about turniped? I love that it starts out as such an insult when Sophie says it to him, like, oh, you're just this stupid turnip head. And it just becomes his name. Yeah. It's
0: like, oh, it's great. I'm going
2: to miss your turnip head. It's like, oh, old turnip head. <laughs> Classic turnip head. But she thinks she outsmarts it here, the old turnip head. She says, oh, go and find me somewhere to stay. And then he goes away and she's like, ha, ha, ha. I tricked him. <laughs> But I must say, I must say, I must say a lot, but she talks to herself a lot, Sophie does. Well,
0: because she's talking to us.
2: Really, Hendo.
0: Yeah. How boring would it be if it's just her walking up a hill, saying nothing?
2: I mean, it'd be more realistic, and you know I yeah. go into these Miyazaki films for their realism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but old Turniped, he does he does find her a place to stay. Big old house, Moving Castle.
2: Yes. What did you like most about Howl's Moving Castle?
0: Are you talking about overall or the interior or the
2: exterior? Uh the actual physical castle. That it was powered by an awesome flame. Oh, you like you like the flame power. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fair enough. For me, I love the front door. I love that you can just turn this dial and go to different places out the same door. Okay. I thought you were talking about physical things about the castle. Yes, that would be my favorite thing too, you twat. <laughs> Stop copying me. <laughs> I would have said that. I'm like, obviously, no, you, you can you, transport you, to different you, places. You can have the fire that powers it. I
0: like the Billy Crystal fire, all right? I
2: have like the cool transporting doors.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, but she gets into How's Moving Castle, and here she meets Kelsiver
2: or Billy I Crystal. I think it's just. I think it's just called How's Castle.
0: No, no, it moves all the time. Yeah, but it's How's it's Moving only Castle only
2: referenced as How's Castle.
0: The movie is called How's Moving
2: Castle. Yeah, it's so not How's Still Castle. In this, in this point on, when we refer to How's Moving Castle, I'm going to assume you're talking about the movie as a whole and not the actual castle. So, what is your second favorite thing about How's Moving
1: Castle? <laughs> 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 uh, the no, movie
2: Calcifer Calcifer Billy Crystal uh, He's great He's actually he is. Yeah he's he's. I mean it's Billy Crystal You can't go wrong with that voice He's pretty no, cluey this fire demon though isn't he You knows straight away That Sophie has a spell on her That she can't talk about Well he does use that to his advantage He
0: basically tells her You know I'll, I'll, You break my spell I'll break yours Set up a little truce here
2: I mean yeah But I feel like Sophie Not only uses it to her advantage more But almost abuses it Yes, <laughs> when she basically just gets Kalsaver as you know her slave to do whatever she wants, you know, by threat of, of revealing what. No, nah, by revealing to Hal that Culciver doesn't want to be there. Basically, he's trying to get out. Yeah, but this is where we do find out the the best thing about
0: the castle, the revolving door. So good, so good. Do you not know what a revolving door is, Hendo?
2: I mean, in my mind, a revolving door, you walk in and it it, it continually Yes, but
0: this is magical Miyazaki world. That's it's, no, it's uh, different.
2: It means something different. Ah, uh, portal doors. Whatever you say. But we do get a message from the king here, don't we?
0: Yes, all witches and wizards to report for duty. We also find that Hal is also Pendragon and Jenkins. Hmm. It's interesting he's putting on these uh, identity masks, basically, so he doesn't have to be no like so no one knows that he is Howl. He wants to stay away from everyone. He's a, he's a secluse. He wants to be by
2: himself. He's a secluse. Isn't it? He's a recluse. You don't need to Google it. I'm just asking <laughs> for your opinion.
0: Well, I need to Google it, don't I?
2: <laughs> well, I won't, okay, I won't Google it and go, no, it's secluse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's recluse. Uh, but that's okay. I'm used to you being wrong. Wait, how good is, uh? what's his name? Mi- Mikael? Mikhail? It's definitely not Michael, which is what it is in the books. Definition of secluse. Secluded. Withdrawn. <laughs> Will you stay in the moment, please, Hendo? Recluse.
0: A person who lives in solitary life and tends to avoid other people. We're both right. Um, I'm
2: more right than you, but okay.
0: Oh, all, just shut the fuck up, all right?
2: All right. This boy. What's his name, Hendo? Marco. Oh, Marco. Ah, Marco. Did you think I it do was? Like, oh, I thought Did it you was think m- it was Polo?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you say Polo or Polo? Polo. I want He's to say Polo. I don't know. I thought he said polo. And I was like, hang on. would have been funnier if you said polo. Uh, which I did. How good's his, his beard he pulls out of his hood. Oh, yeah. That was great. And his fake old man voice, which yeah. is just the funniest fake voice. <laughs> oh, hello. I'm an old man.
0: <laughs> nah, this kid's awesome. I must say, it was at this point, roughly, when Hal comes back and they're having bacon and eggs and all that stuff. This is when I realized that it was Christian Bale. Really? Yeah, because I didn't know any of the voice actors going into this and I didn't pick up his voice the first time he was on earlier on in the film. Huh. When did you pick up Emily Mortimer? When I
2: saw her name, when I was looking at the trivia. She's so good, Emily Mortimer. She's in the newsroom, Hendo.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen the newsroom.
2: <laughs> what else is she in? Oh, she's in that new next Netflix film Relic. Have you seen that garbage yet? Nope. Oh, she's in Mary Poppins Returns. Yes. Match Point? Don't remember that movie. Is that a Woody Allen film? Yes, it is, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's the one. I think you got me to watch that. Ah, Hugo. Just before Hal arrives, though, uh, there's this important scene, I think, where Sophie, you know, uses her leverage over Calcifer here and actually gets Calcifer to to burn for her, to cook, which- Yeah, with the bacon and Ma- eggs. Yeah, which Marco is just amazed at because Calcifer does nothing unless it's for yeah
0: now, is that showing the connection between uh, Calcifer and Sophie here?
2: Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Not just the threat of, you know, honesty with Hal. Yeah. And even Hal is impressed when he comes in that is doing something for her. But I must I must say, it's odd how easily Sophie can just say, oh, I'm the new cleaning lady. I'm going to live with you now.
0: Yeah, how's I? Like, okay, whatevs. Yeah,
2: not much of a recluse, is he, Hendo? Yeah, uh, still a secluse, though.
0: Yeah, we also find out here, though, that if Calcifer gets put out, then How dies as well. Yeah, which plays a big part. Yes. Yeah, we, we need that set up. There's all these little things throughout the film as well, with, you know, just hanging out in the castle. Like they're up in the mountains and you got Sophie, like, putting out the laundry. And Turnip Head's back, of course, because Turnip is awesome. So, like, her and Turnip Head and Marco are just, like, hanging out by the lake. Just, it's all good stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is just, you know, classic Miyazaki. But moving back to the plot here, how you know plays a bit of riddles in the dark with with uh, Sophie after uh, so what's in her pocket.
0: Yeah, this wicked wister, the wicked witch of the west here. This scorch mark that she's got. I I I've seen this
2: before. Uh,
0: we did this for the breakdown. I completely forgot about this wicked witch of the west, and pretty shocked to to, to find you know to see in the end that she's not really the big bad of this film. It's, can I just
2: say it's not the wicked witch of the west. Hey, if she's a West, if she's the West Witch, she's the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay, it's, it's not West, it's Waste, Waste West. It's Wizard of Oz, all right. Uh, I mean, it's not. That's that's my point. But it is to me.
0: It is to me. I've written
2: down West Witch here, so she's the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay, she's so, She's not even described as wicked ever. She's, she's the Witch of the Waste.
0: Witch of the Waste. All right.
2: Blew my mind. I mean, as you said, there's a lot of scenes now of just. Them bouncing around in this castle with turniped. Like Calcifer starts to, you know, go out because Sophie's cleaning so much. Right, there's this big montage of her cleaning, and yeah. he's almost out. And Sophie, for someone who is basically going to rely on Calcifer to cure her uh, spell eventually, which is the whole deal that she has with him, she really doesn't care if he goes out. And then How comes in? He's like, "Can you stop torturing my friend?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. Like that's true. Unnecessarily, just give the guy a log. I mean, again, I've just I've just gone through the scene by scene of my notes, and the next one is Sophie staring at the lake, saying, "When you're old, all you want to do is stare at the scenery," and it's like, yeah, that's great for you, Sophie, but I'm not sure as a viewer, I'm quite there yet. <laughs> you know, one of my biggest gripes with this film is its runtime. It is too long. Yeah, it's
0: close to what I say, two hours nearly.
2: Yeah, it's one it's one hour fifty nine, obviously yeah. with credits, but scenes like this. As you know, Miyazaki, as they are too many, feel but, like filler. Yeah, there's there's definitely too much filler here. Uh, it does. Have animation issues. films, you need to keep the kids' attention,
0: and nearly two hours. It's it's hard. It's hard to do
2: that. Yeah, no, I agree. But we do see something happen here now. We've got Howl as a bird. What do you make of flying Howl as a bird? Bird Howl, he's all right. Yeah, just
0: showing off his magic. He's I really love the
2: trans I really love the transformation back to human once he goes inside here. The clawed feet transform into shoes. Not even feet. He transforms <laughs> back into shoes. He's he's well attired. He's he's ready to go. He's equipped. Yeah, but he is fighting this war. what do you make of the whole war aspect of this? Uh it, it
0: lost me, honestly, throughout the whole yeah, film.
2: I, I agree. I've actually seen this movie twice in the past uh week and still like, I have a general understanding, but it's a very confusing premise, this war. Yeah. And, and considering how much of a big part the war plays in the plot, that's kind of an issue for me. And considering this is a film that's generally catered to kids,
0: they've, they've if I've got no idea about it, then bugger the kids are going to have no idea about this. Yeah. But here's where we see how, have a, a sneak peek at Sophie and she's young. That's sounding she's sleeping.
2: creepy. Only you would think that. Mm, no comment. Uh, that sounds even
1: creepier. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: obviously, no good, no good. But no, it is odd that he sees her younger self. And it's odd how often she's going to change back and forth now throughout this film. There's a lot of weird hybrids as well, where she'll have young face but grey hair a lot. Sort of makes you wonder, like, did they just forget to animate all the extra wrinkles in this scene?
0: Well, I did look up some trivia about this. Sophie, in the novel, is established as a witch who can talk life into things, while in the movie, it's actually left up to the viewer to realise this, apparently. Some of the moments that make her powers obvious are when Sophie rescues the Scarecrow and it gets deeply attached to her, turnip head, as well as when her hair gives Calcifer the extraordinary strength, even when Hal isn't around. Calcifer repeatedly singles her out, confirming that only if it is her performing the action will he be able to live on and Hal will be able to accept his heart back. Sophie is able to keep Hal's heart and Calcifer alive throughout her, and her through her inherent powers. Sophie being a witch also has significant power over the witch's curse, only she doesn't know about it, like we said, in her sleep when she's dreaming and during during deeply emotional moments when she gets upset or happy and completely in love with Hal, she turns back to her younger self, being able to undo the curse by accepting and embracing herself, giving into her own powers.
2: Yeah, and having having known that at the end of the film and then watching it for a second time, there are so many references to Sophie being a witch. Like, they flat out say often, she's a witch. Yeah. Like, I, multiple times. So, I I mean, I do buy that she's she is a witch in this. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious she's not a normal person. But the problem is, as well, in this universe, we don't know what a normal person's power is, whether it's anything, whether it's nothing. Like, how do we know that, you know, any old civilian off the street doesn't have hair that will power Calcifer? Like, we just don't know enough about exactly. this there's, world.
0: There's so many degrees of magical people in this film and their powers that- you know, how uncommon is it?
2: Yeah, we just don't know. I think I think it is an issue for this film. The world building is pretty weak, I would say, overall. Yeah, I can agree with that. Because there's so many mentions of witches and wizards, but we really don't understand what they do. Are they born that way? Are they trained? Are they all good? Are they all bad? Is there a mixture? We just don't know. We know that there are wizards out there. There's this woman at the, the castle who wants to get rid of them all basically and she's turned so many of these wizards into these gargoyles basically for you know to seek out more wizards and ultimately try and track down Hal. now did you get all that on your first go i probably would have struggled to say that in that in those words yeah after my first go yeah yeah (laughs) but let's get to my
1: excellent
2: So Hal rushes out downstairs, right? And because Sophie has cleaned his room so much, he's accidentally uh, dyed his hair red and he is livid. He has so many funny lines here about how repulsive he is. He can't go on living with his hair red. Bear in mind, this is someone who can at will transform himself into a giant bird, but can't (laughs) fix his own hair. Also, bear in mind, he is talking in front of a girl who has been transformed into a 90-year-old lady, basically. And she is the one who's looking at him, who has red hair saying he can't go on living, who is just like, come on. Well, I was, I was about to You're say he, does, he doesn't know that she's a young lady, but he does
0: because he's seen her in the middle of the night.
2: Yeah, exactly. But as he cries, his hair turns black. <laughs> And he says, he says, oh yeah, I I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful. And all this like dark elements to him start Mm -hmm. seeping out. And when she touches him to comfort him, he's like this green slime and the imagery of him there. Because Sophie goes outside to get some air, as she likes to do. She comes back and he's like really turning into slime. And you sort of- just a goop. Yeah, he's goop. That's a good word. And you're sort of worried about him at this point, but she's just like, nah, come on, go upstairs. We're just gonna wash you. And she drags him up. I, I just thought, yeah, it's not it's not the most exciting scene, but for me, it's probably my most enjoyable scene on a on a rewatch. Because I I'm not sure about you, but picking an excellent out of this film is it's not the easiest film to do so. Yeah, but he basically he has to go to the palace here, like he's
0: been summoned as two different people here. He has to go. It's it's uh he can't get away from this one now. But he's, he's politely asking Sophie, you know, but maybe you can come with me, just uh, be, be there. But go as my mum and uh, talk for me.
2: Yeah, and how will follow, basically, and protect her, which is a great setup for this dog that comes up. But yeah, we see, I mean, it fooled me, I thought how was a dog for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, when she's saying, Hal, is that you? And it just, it's like, oh, I guess <laughs> uh, it must be Hal. Yes, of course. The dog barked. <laughs> <laughs> Bit
0: of a coincidence.
2: <laughs> ah, but we get the witch of the waste back. She sees Sophie here. She's all high and mighty with her guards carrying her around. Eh, yeah, not, the, not for uh, long, though. No, how the tables turn.
0: Yeah, the scene of them uh, climbing up the stairs. It's, a, it's an interesting one, I'll say the least.
2: I love Sophie though. She's got she's got a lot of good one-liners here. Basically, she's just like, "Ah, oh, if only I was younger, I could come down and help you." <laughs> but yeah, you tell her, you tell her. But I mean, Sophie, at heart, she is she is a good person. Like, she's far kinder to this witch of the waste even before she loses all her powers than she has any right to be. The animation on the witch of the waste struggling to get up the stairs with the neck fat rolls yeah. and sweat everywhere. All the sweat, yeah. Oh, it's rough. Even for you, I imagine, Hendo. What? (laughs) That's terrible. Knock it off. Hey, no judgment, mate. (laughs)
0: Hey, no judgment. I I like anime porn, so whatever.
2: Can we just grab that sound bite there? (laughs) I like anime porn. (laughs) (laughs) But now Madam Sullivan has set up this trap here for the Witch of the Waste. Uh, All these light bulbs come on, shadows start dancing around and, yeah, she's no longer a a beautiful witch. She is old and not as beautiful for some. Hendo, your take? (laughs) Everyone is beautiful in their
0: own right. (laughs) Is that what you tell yourself? (laughs) Every morning when I wake up. Yeah, but Sophie has a chat with Solomon here and she's trying to warn her about Hal and, you know, don't be you know, fooled by his charms he, and his, his skills are, uh, you know, pretty harsh. You know, I wouldn't be uh, hanging around him.
2: I don't know. It's an odd it's an odd conversation because it starts out and Solomon, you know, allegedly thinks that she's speaking to Hal's mother and we learn yeah. that there's, there's a lot of exposition in this scene. Yeah, there like is if a bit. You, if you don't pay attention to this scene, then you're done for the, this movie. Because this whole, this whole Solomon thing, like she says that Hal was her last uh, apprentice and now he, he's gone off. He can't control his powers and he needs to be stopped. But we're never really given the true motive. Like we learned that a lot of this war, the whole point is for Solomon to, you know, get back at Hal. But I don't know. For me personally, I didn't see enough of a reason for it. I didn't understand her motive strongly enough to warrant a war. I feel like everyone's just
0: out to get Hal. That's all it is. It's a war, it's a war on him.
2: Mm. It's pretty funny, though, when Hal walks in as the- oh, as the general? As the general? I'm pretty sure he's the king. He comes is in it? as the king. Yeah. He looks like a bloody general. Well, some kings are more active than others. That is true. Uh, but he comes in and, you know, he's very generally, you know, like yes, yeah. rigid, polite, to the point- and Solomon obviously knows straight away that that's Hal. That's an imposter. Because when you see the real guy come in and he's an absolute buffoon, <laughs> you're like, okay, never mind. The facade's over. But now we see a lot of Solomon's power now. Like, she, what she does in this scene is, is pretty impressive. The way she basically turns it into they're underwater, then they're, you know, way up high, and you've got the Witch of the Waste hanging on to Sophie and Hal here. The animation is very, very good. Yeah, again, sh-
0: again Miyazaki showing just how fantastic the animation can be in his films. It's it's unique, it's stylized, it's uh, it's it's pretty outstanding how he can come up with these sort of ideas and these these images.
2: Yeah, it's just it really does feel like you're just inside someone's imagination here. It is very, very, very impressive. But we do see how he, he for what he's worth, he protects Sophie here. He does you know, go into bat for her. He goes off fighting while he lets her get away with with his ring.
0: To be fair, she does defend Hal as well earlier on to Salomon, and you can see that because she turns young for a, a split second there when mm. she's really defending him. Yeah, and Salomon comments about how she loves him. Like, oh. And that's also that's also where she
2: finds out that it's not her, his mum. I mean, you'd you'd hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sophie does get back to the castle. Uh And when Howe comes back, he's not just his usual bird form. He's like this big monster bird form, which he does take every now and then.
0: Yeah, this is where we get the old Batman voice.
2: Yeah, this is where we get the growl. You can't even break your own spell.
0: I was like, ah, what movie am I watching? DC animated films? Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But no, Howe's got to prepare to move, get out of there. Changes the entire look of the house. This was pretty impressive. The way it all changed, the animation style. Kind of made it look like Sophie's first place, pretty much.
2: Yeah, not kind of. It he makes it exactly, exactly like her first <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, that that room is exactly like the room where we first see Sophie mending the hat, so Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it shows it shows a good side of Hal as well that he would do this for her. Like we don't really know how much it takes out of Hal, but you know, it's a it's a nice gesture for her. He also gives Sophie another present, a new a new colour on his door dial. Our secret garden, Hendo, where she can start a a flower shop if she wants to.
1: (laughs) Any secret (laughs) garden where
0: no one knows. I'll start a flower shop in this secret garden. Customers, zero.
2: No, I think the idea is she picks the flowers from the field and then sells them somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) She wouldn't have, like, a market stall set up in this deserted flower field. And also, if you did set up a marketplace in this flower field, couldn't anyone just come along and pick their own flowers? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Buy these ones. There's just some on the ground just there.
2: (laughs) But Sophie is definitely affected by it all. We do cut back to young Sophie. We get Emily Mortimer back as the voice you know, it's like a dream, she says. She's very worried, though. Once he starts showing her the cottage and stuff that he once grew up in alone, she she says this feels like a goodbye. And honestly, it really does feel like a goodbye. Like, what what are Hal's plans here? Is he, you know, is he thinking he's going to die in this war? I really feel like he, he thinks he is. Like, where, what's he? where's he
0: going after this?
2: I know, it's really odd, though, because while they're in this deserted field, as luck would have it, a couple of battleships fly over and he starts just playing with them. Yeah. You know, he just flicks his finger and, you know, it stalls and then it comes around and starts looking for him. It's like, Jesus, he's got no he's got no real sense of danger. Like, he's not afraid of anything. Except not being beautiful. Oh, of course. I yeah. mean, aren't we all, Hendo? Not me. I've accepted it. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way because I'm beautiful. (laughs) Oh, then we get this really weird scene where the mum comes and she sees old Sophie and, again, is remarkably cool with it that her daughter is now super old.
0: Yeah, I thought, wow, that's a bit strange. She clearly didn't know this was the case. It's like, all right, you, you think this is cool? But obviously it's because she's kind of been paid, told to do this she, I'm not sure if it was her genuine reaction; it would have been a little bit different. That's right. She leaves the bag in the house for the snitch yeah. slug.
2: Yeah, with the slug, with the cigar, the witch yeah. of the
0: waste is love and life. Yeah, but these henchmen uh, for Salomon they do find this place, and luckily how's there to defend against uh, to defend against the bomb, basically.
2: Yeah. So, Sophie and the rest of them, they go somewhere else in this castle and Howl. They they they're actually watching Howl over the city yeah. like fighting and burning up and they're very worried. Sophie in particular. I feel like no one else would do anything if it wasn't for Sophie there.
0: No. I mean, what's the what's the the witch the witch of the waste going to do here? She's she's out of it.
2: Yeah, and I got to be honest, I didn't fully understand this next bit. So, Sophie wants to get to Howl and she thinks the quickest way is to take Calcifer out of the castle.
0: Yeah, I I'm like, what is she doing? It, was it was she trying to like
2: bring him back because of that? I, I honestly don't know. She takes him out and Calcifer's saying, honestly, I, I don't know what's gonna happen to the castle once I do this. And it starts to implode. But hey. once they they're out, the first thing they do is go straight back in and get Calcifer to start moving again.
0: It's like, maybe you should never have left in the first place.
2: Yeah, it's like, did, it's like
0: a trial uh, and error.
2: Yeah, I didn't really understand that bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, poor
0: choice from Sophie. Poor Sophie's choice.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but we get the Witch of the Waste, who really has only caused problems for Sophie. She yes. takes Calcifer, because she sees it now is Hal's heart, and holds him. And, like, she's catching on fire. <laughs> I don't understand how there's no... Sense of pain here. She's literally on fire. It's not like She's her a hands witch. have have fire on them. Her body is now catching fire, and Sophie is so concerned for this witch who causes her nothing but grief that she throws water on her best friend, the fire. Douses this fire on to save the person who made her this way. Yep. Uh, not great.
0: No, not great at all. Pretty questionable moves here from Sophie in her old age.
2: Yeah, the, the castle splits in two. Sophie and the dog fall down the cliff. I still have no idea how she survives this. Because it's a fantasy Miyazaki world. Yeah. You're talking about a moving castle that is
0: powered by a talking flame.
2: (laughs) I mean, what does that mean? Does that just mean that the movie can get away with everything now? Yes. It's like, okay, let's have this person fall to their doom down this huge cliff face and, oh, they just stand up at the bottom. They're fine. Yeah, yeah perfect.
0: Yeah. So much so that the door is right next to them as well that they can just oh, transport yeah. through. Of course.
2: <laughs> of course. The portal door is uh, un- unhurt at all. <laughs> so Sophie and the dog, they go into this black goo. They wind up at the secret garden, but, you know, the trick is it's not actually present day anymore. It's it's how's memory. Which is my
1: Excellent.
2: What I love
0: so much about this scene is the fact that it's a it's basically the culmination of seeing Hal and Calcifer and how they became to be one. Like you've seen all this stuff throughout the film about how he Calcifer is the heart, they can't live without each other, they can't work without each other. If Calcifer leaves the castle, it'll crumble, he'll if Calcifer goes out, Hal will die. And seeing this coming of these two and how it happens and the shooting stars that come down and how how when he's younger basically ingests the shooting star and out pops calcifer and the, the swelling score that's happening when they're meeting for the first time from the viewpoint of sophie as well as how she's able to quickly communicate with how to tell him to meet her in the future it's like it's like this big time paradox and would this have actually happened if she didn't go back in time to tell him sort of deal?
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of The Flash in Batman versus Superman oh, when he had to see Bruce Wayne like, uh, she knows everything. He's yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> Which uh, amounted to nothing. But, yeah, it, it is a really great scene. Uh, you know, seeing Sophie falling back into the present time saying, I know how to help you now, find yeah. you in the future. It's good stuff. Yeah, completely agree. But Sophie does end up finding Hal. He's back. She kisses him. He's just kind of there, isn't he? Yeah, he's like dead inside at this point. He's this big bird monster with a human face. He's, I mean, he's aware enough to know when she says, Take me to Calcifer, what she's talking about. So.
0: Yeah, well, he's got a bit of sense to him.
2: Yeah, at least he turns back human here. Yeah. The witch, uh, I mean, is this her <laughs> arc now when she accepts. That she's gonna give away Hal's heart. That's pretty much it. Who in, knows? in the
0: in the novel, Sophie actually learns she's also she also has the magical powers, and she is the one that defeats the Witch of the Waste along with her own fire demon.
2: Again, I feel like the novel would have a better sense of the world, you know? Yeah. Like when you say Sophie's own fire demon, like what the hell are they talking about, you know?
0: <laughs> nah, too much too much for
2: this film. But no, Sophie forces Calcifer inside Hal's chest. She kisses the turnip head. The turnip head saves them,
0: and he turns back into this missing prince.
2: Yeah, the prince, which is the reason this war is still going, and now that the prince is back, the war's over. I'm just like, what? What (laughs) just happened? (laughs) Look, I'm pretty sure I'd never heard about this prince before. I watched the movie again. I'm pretty sure they don't mention a prince until this point. So okay. And even this this very odd bit where the dog is like looking into the crystal ball that Solomon is watching them all, and she's like, "Well, I guess I'll stop this oh, war." That's then
1: that's
0: right because the dog was Solomon's, and he just betrays her for no reason. Just hops on
2: that thing yeah. with with how and that yeah. because yep. reasons. Yep. Yep. But, you know, Solomon's just like, all right, Howe's found his true love, time to end this silly war. It's like, what are you doing? If it's a silly (laughs) war, why is is it even existing in the first place? You can ask that about every war. Every war is silly. Yes, but the people who start the wars and
0: actively keep them going don't think they're silly. I mean, I don't know too much about wars in general, but maybe they do think they're silly, but they're using them for profit to gain, you know, power, monopolies.
2: I don't know. Anyway, let's cut forward a bit. Yes, please. Uh, The castle's back. It's green. It's a happier place. Hal and Sophie are there. They kiss. Sophie's looking fine. Am I right, Hendo? (laughs) (laughs) We're tapped into a a market here. (laughs) We've found it. No, her hair is like starlight, I think he says. That's a nice line. Because she's still sort of, you know, even though she's young again, she has the old lady hair, which, you know, it's sort of best of both worlds. And
0: that is going to do it for How's Moving Castle.
2: Any last words? I'll take this
0: one for a change. What? You never take it first. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm always first. <laughs> no sloppy seconds this time. All right. How's Moving Castle? First thing, animation and the way it's presented is spectacular. As usual, home is Archie, Studio Ghibli. It's so bright and colourful and... It's really a feast for the eyes. I can't, I can't say... I mean, I can say that about every Studio Ghibli film, but this one really stands out, especially the the design of the castle and the way it moves around, the intricacies of how it operates. I think it, it looks really good. The character of Hal, I think, is very fascinating and uh, mixed in with the character of Calciver as well. And their relationship, I think, is is really good. The voice acting, the Eng- the English voice acting, is really memorable, really good. Billy Crystal shines as Calciver here. I do have issues with this film. There is a lot of stuff that doesn't get explained properly and things that just come out of nowhere that I question a lot. It's pretty long for an animation. It sort of gets bogged down in a lot of its own work here. I was still able to enjoy it a lot, though. It does have its problems, but I still I still would give this a recommend. I'm going to give How's Moving Castle three stars. All right. Uh,
2: I pretty much, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. Does that remind you of? <laughs> That's you every week after I give my final thoughts. Um, no, I, I'm not going to talk about the animation anymore because you already have. Uh, I really like the characters. I think they're really easily identifiable. You know, boy, dog, witch, Sophie, Calcifer, How. They're all really boy, good. Boy, dog, work really- witch. Easily yeah. relatable. Identifiable, I said. Yes, that's a boy. That's a dog. That's a witch. Yes. What's wrong
0: with that? You can I like say, the that about, say that about Say that Most movies. They're very we identifiable. Can't. That's a man. That's a woman. That's a girl. That's a dog. You can say, if there's a dog in the film, is that why you like Hachi so much? The characters are very yes. identifiable. Yes. That's a
2: dog. The reason I like Hachi so much is because there's a dog in it, Hendo. <laughs> How did you not get that?
0: <laughs> and you're not even kidding. But that's actually the reason.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so initially I had this as, I don't know, maybe three and a half, maybe four stars. There's no way I can do it. It's very rewatchable, very though. I'll give it that. It looks great. I'm going to give it a strong three stars, though.
0: Very good. What does that
2: remind you of? <laughs> Some genius. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean. Where's this going to sit on your rankings? I feel like this is going to be the lowest one we've done in a while. All right. In looking at my list of 63, we have to start pretty low. Let's go. Let's go. Super old. Let's go. City Lights at 55. I do think it's better than City Lights. Uh, I also think it's better than Sherlock Jr. Next up, it comes against Some Like It Hot. Eh. I like this more than Some Like It Hot. Next up is Vertigo. Yeah, I like it more than Vertigo as well. Uh, then it comes up against the Holy Grail, which i give three and a half, and for me is definitely better than How's Moving Castle. So How's Moving Castle is going to be my new number 52 out of 63. All right, over to me. Again,
0: we're going to be going pretty far down the list. I guess that shows the quality of the films we've done so far. I'm putting a three-star film, uh, setting it against uh, my lowest three-star film here, number 61 out of 63, which is A Beautiful Mind. Uh, I think this is better than A Beautiful Mind. We get to Sherlock Jr. next, and this is better than Sherlock Jr. Up to Infernal Affairs, which is actually my highest three-star film. And I think this is better than Infernal Affairs as well. And that's where it's going to stop, obviously. So How's Moving Castle is my new number 59 out of 64 films. That being said, taking a look at my list here, we got bloody Ben Hur in a little three and a half star film here, <laughs> a little further what up. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, look, you just pander to the masses. I gave Ben Hur one and a half. <laughs> I I'm gonna
0: have a review of that, and I'll come back to you next time with what I really think I should where I should
2: really put that film. Because I think <laughs> if you're being true to yourself, you should rewatch it before re-rating no it. <laughs>
0: I'll just go back and listen to our breakdown. i be like, yeah, I didn't give a three-and-a-half-star breakdown. You'll be like, <laughs> yeah, job. I
2: agree with Dean heaps more than I agree with me. <laughs> didn't
0: didn't we stop just breaking down the film after, like, the second hour? We're like, yeah, the last hour is shit. Let's just stop talking about it now. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related.
2: Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there, and there's a couple of ways you can help us.
0: Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast.
2: Yeah. Definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it.
0: Yeah. What I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on TeePublic. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So... If you're at all interested in getting a little bit of movie journey sweet sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy.
2: Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Endo controls our main handle at theMovieJourney. And I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the movie journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue and you can find hendo at letterbox.com slash hendo and we also have a new facebook discussion group yeah, a little
0: listener community going
2: on over there yeah head on over join up we'd love for you to be a part of the discussion
0: exactly another way to help us out is to leave a five star rating and review on itunes for us we've actually got a new review this week and it comes from Arcona that says you got to hand it to daniel and dean trying to take on the entirety of the imdb top 250 list in a podcast is a ridiculous task Yet, for over 100 episodes, they've built a virtual movie review empire with a whole lot of fascinating criticism, humor, and eccentric movie opinions. If you're in the need of a movie show with a clear goal in mind, this one should fit the bill. And if you're not, subscribe anyway because the show is pretty darn funny.
2: Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm Thanks so ha-
0: much. pretty happy we're going for a virtual movie review empire
2: I like the empire. Yeah,
0: I like it too. We might change it to the Movie Journey Empire
2: podcast. No, too soon. The Movie Journey Empire. What the movie Empire. Well, we're just not on a journey anymore. Yeah, we just have the Empire. We just stopped. Nah, because people would think we're a Star Wars podcast. Because oh, of Empire Strikes Back, Endo. Jesus Christ. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you're meant to have watched films. <laughs> or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not
0: check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, Breaking Down Films Not on the IMDb Top 250 list.
2: Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series... Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate?
0: Well, Dean, it's another patron-requested review, and it comes to us from our awesome patron, Hayden Gerloff, and he has selected Adaptation.
2: Yeah, nice. I saw this film at the cinemas back in the day. Kind of blew me away. Have we done a Kaufman film before? I don't think
0: we have. You've definitely reviewed a Kaufman film uh, in our What Else Have Been Watching segment where I got you to watch Anomalisa.
2: Yeah, so we definitely haven't done one. I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I just want to give a shout out to our brand new patron, Ryan Shiewalter. Thank you very much for your patronage, mate.
2: Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer.
0: All right, mate, sign time for... We may still
1: have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And
0: this oh. could be it. Ah. Oh. And looking at our reviews from our patrons here, we got one from Chris Beardsall, and he says, Beautiful animation, as always, and the design of the castle really grabs my attention each time I see this film. What keeps me from putting this in the elite of Miyazaki films is the sometimes-plotting story and the runtime. This definitely didn't need to be two hours. Completely agree with you there, Chris. Also, this film could have used more howl. Actually, I agree with that too. More howl in this film, please. Thank you, mate, for your review, but of course we've got...
2: How's Moving Castle was great on first viewing, without expectations. I might have even seen this prior to Spirited Away, which would have made the experience even more potent. I liked this movie a lot when I first saw it because it was so different to most films and animated films. The story has a lot of imagination and uniqueness with its characters and world building. I liked this movie in that it was a find. Now, with it appearing in the IMDb Top 50 and having all the films by this director slash studio heralded as classics, I'm a bit over it, to be honest. (laughs) Always got to go against the grain now, Shane. (laughs) I reckon I've seen this film seven or eight times, maybe more. So, it is a good movie, but enough already. (laughs) Maybe stop watching it, Shane. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. The last third of the film is particularly slow. I think what happened to The Witch of the Waste was really interesting in her transformation, but also removing her as a villain lessens the tension in the film. Then it becomes more about the internal struggle of Hal, which is pretty boring. I like Sophie especially when she is crippled by the curse. But as the film goes on, her disadvantages seem to disappear. Thus, her struggle is lessened, and so is the conflict of the film. Overall, it has a lot of good points, and the animation is tremendous. But there are still plenty of flaws in it, and I'm sick of the fanboys. (laughs) Three and a (laughs) half stars. Wow. That is... Honestly, he gave a better star review than us. (laughs) I know, but his main argument was that other
0: people like it. (laughs) 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 Uh, thank you very much, Shane, as usual. All right, Dean, let's take a look at some of those polls we've put up on Twitter asking which of these films is uh, could be defined as one of the top 250 films of all time. And the first one we got here is Groundhog Day. What do you think, Dean? Uh, I think people will say no. All right, well, 52% say yes. ha. nice. And we got The Lion King. Interesting that someone asked me which version. Wow, we should block them. <laughs> What do you think the result is, Dean? Oh, yes. 56% say yes. Oh, good. And then we get up to the seventh seal. Now, I know you and I say no, but what else? What do you think the general population
2: say? Massive no. Seventh seal can get fucked. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) 56% say no. Exactly. Never a doubt. And heading into the pinnest.
2: I'm assuming people say no, but it should be yes.
0: Yeah, 78% say no. Ooh, I think it's the, I think it's the Polanski part of it
2: <laughs> Yeah, we can blame it on that Mad Max Fury Road is next Thoughts? Thoughts I actually did watch some of this uh, in real time And I was so happy When it was a resounding no for a while And then something happened And it went positive, the, I believe
0: Yeah, the correct answer came in 56% say yes And then we're up to our breakdown for today How's Moving Castle 77% say no Yeah, yeah. Not, not a surprise All right, mate, it's time for... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we ask you, what is your favourite foreign language animation? And let's start off over on Twitter. First one from Ronnie Casole, Spirited Away.
2: Paul at the Countdown Podcast says, I know I'm supposed to say Ghibli films, but I have very fond memories of Ninja Scroll.
0: Have you seen Ninja Scroll, Hendo? I have seen Ninja Scroll way back in the day when I was a teenager. I, was, I think I was at my local JB Hi-Fi and saw this R-rated anime full of high-impact violence and I'm like, 10 bucks, sure, I'll grab that. Watched it and it was it was good. You bought a film you hadn't seen before. That's that's ballsy. I'm pretty sure we've spoken about that already. But yes, I did do that several times. Jonathan says it's Whisper of the Heart, but End of Evangelion, Perfect Blue, and Paprika all might be up there on different days. Why does
2: Paprika sound familiar? Because you watched modern? it. You watched oh, it. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, next up from Dan Folks, Does Fist of the North Star count? Question mark? Sure, why not, Dan? Why not? <laughs> Comic Book Keepers says How's Moving Castle. Dem Fancy Productions says Akira, hands down. MC
0: Myers says Whisper of the Heart. I haven't heard of this film. It's been mentioned twice already. Maybe it's one you should check out, Hendo. Well, maybe. Uh, from the Hara Club podcast, Spirited Away. And our last one here on Twitter from the formal review, Grave of the Fireflies. All right, let's head over to our Facebook community. Dean, what have we got going on over there?
2: Brad Hargis says Ninja Scroll. Dan from
0: Netflix and Swirl says, I haven't seen a single Studio Ghibli movie. So Akira, is it by default?
2: Uh, that's uh, that's baffling to me. Patron Brother Sean says Sword of the Stranger.
0: It's weird that I haven't heard of that film. He probably would have got me to watch it by now, or Brother Sean. If it was any good, yeah. Yeah. Lastly on Facebook here from Rob Stewart, as much manga as I read, you would have think I would have seen literally any Ghibli film, but I haven't. That's two people so far who said they've never seen a Ghibli film. I didn't know they existed.
2: I really don't think it'd be that hard to find people that haven't seen Ghibli films. I would say 95% of people I work with has no idea what a Ghibli film is. (laughs) I mean, that's a little different. (laughs) All right, over on our Patreon from Chris Beardsall, your name. Good pick, good pick. Hayden Gilloff says Ninja Scroll. I haven't seen that many though. A lot of Un- Ninja Scroll love. There is. Have you seen Ninja Scroll? Nah. Wow.
0: All right, put that on the uh, put that on the, the list to pick for you coming up.
2: hungryo says Grave of the
0: Fireflies.
2: David Powell says Spirited Away.
0: And lastly, on our Patreon, from Luke James Human. I was fortunate enough to have seen Akira at a local art house cinema in the mid-90s. It was my first experience of anime, and despite being brought up on a wide range of cartoons and comics, this changed the way I viewed cell animation. The way that the trails of the lights on Kaneda's bike were animated were enough to cement this as my greatest foreign language animated film ever. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for your responses, but Dean, let's get to our top five foreign language animated films. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you. What is your number five? My number five is My Neighbour Totoro okay fair enough my number five is today's breakdown howl's moving castle my number four is a silent voice Ooh, a silent voice hey my number four now i was trying to get to a couple of films that would probably qualify like uh big name films that people have been talking about to see if they would get onto my list and i was trying to get to at least two of them one of them was akira which i didn't get to the other one was this film Makoto Shinkai's Weathering With You. Have you heard of this film, Dean? No. Do you know who Makoto Shinkai is? We've spoken about He's him before.
2: Japanese guy.
0: He made Your
2: Name. Very good movie. Yes,
0: and Weathering With You is his 2019 film that I just checked out recently, and
2: it was very good. Good. My number three is How's Moving Castle.
0: Oh, swap that around there. My number three is My Neighbour Totoro.
2: My number two, and with a big jump from my number three, is Your Name. Yeah,
0: Same with me. Big jump from three to two here, but it's the reverse of yours. My number two is Spirited Away.
2: Yeah, and my number one is Spirited Away.
0: And my number one is Your Name. Now, I also put a poll up for what is your favourite foreign language animated film. Now, let's take a look at the top responses here. Let's look at our top five here. In fifth place, we have My Neighbor Totoro with 9%. We had a tie for third and fourth between Akira and Grave of the Fireflies at 11% each. Number two is Your Name with 15%, and our number one is Spirited Away with 23%. What are your thoughts on those results, Dean? Yeah, can't argue with it. Uh,
2: I haven't seen Akira, but sure, I probably should. Yeah, me too.
1: There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin!
2: All right, mate, it's time to find out
0: the results of round five of our Tournament of Champions. First match here, 12 Angry Men
2: takes down A New Hope, 56%. Uh, next one, we had Psycho up against Inception, and Psycho takes it again, 56%.
0: Now, that was the only pick different between us in this, well, from the for the rest of the tipping competition, and you needed wow. that to force a tie for us, which you did not because you picked Inception and I picked Psycho for that one. So, bad luck, mate. You have lost to me. So, when this is all said and done, I'll be throwing your movie. Fair enough. I got absolutely pants this round. I only got one right. A lot of people did. A lot of people did this round. I thought I did pretty bad. I only got two. And then I saw a lot of people getting only one. So, I'm like, okay, that keeps me in the game here.
2: Uh, next up, what do we have? Casablanca up against the Empire Strikes Back. And this one's pretty comfortable. It was the Empire Strikes Back, 61%. And our last match here was
0: I'm pretty sure it is our closest match we've had so far in the Tournament of Champions here. Pulp Fiction against the Dark Knight. And 51% to 49%, it is Pulp Fiction that takes that down, narrowly taking it out over the Dark Knight.
2: Yeah, surprising for me.
0: Definitely surprising too. I did have the Dark Knight on that one. But looking at our tipping competition here, we have six people on 16 tips at the moment, and they are me. <laughs> still still in the lead, still in the lead. Suck it, Dean. You son of a bitch (laughs) But joining me we have David Powell Brother Shane Dave from the Super Movie Bros Ben Mulverhill, And Tom Schutzer, All vying for the number one spot So keep it going guys Hopefully you can uh, get less tips than me In the next two rounds All right. and saying that Let's take a look at the round six matches For the Tournament of Champions coming up We've got 12 Angry Men Versus The Empire Strikes Back Casablanca versus Pulp Fiction The Dark Knight versus Inception And Psycho versus A New
2: Hope Ah some good matches there Hendo Yes there is so what's next? Alright, Hendo. Let's end the suspense. What breakdown are you picking for us for next week?
0: Alright, you went with very colourful and foreign. I've gone with not so colourful and no language at all. Because I'm going an old black and white silent film this time. Let's go back to let's go back in time to when they didn't make any noise. It was all silent. <laughs> We're going to get a bit of diversity going on here. We always go on knocking out our five-star bangers. Now, let's go for a middle-of-the-road, very completely different film here. I'm not too sure if you've seen this one yet. We'll find out in a second, because we're going to go with another Buster Keaton classic here. Why don't we go tackle The General?
2: Ah, yes, The General. I I don't know what that is. I haven't seen it.
0: Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. I'm very curious to see what you're going to think of this film. I've seen it before. I didn't mind it.
2: We're gonna find out wow. thing next with week. That, with that ringing endorsement, I'm super excited.
0: Hey, like you like you said, we can't keep picking all the all the massive, awesome ones. We got to go for the middle of the road ones sometimes. But you know, my opinion could change coming up. And in saying that, our question of the week for next week is going to be: What is your favorite silent film? So, I mean, it fits. Obviously, we try and fit these top fives, these questions of the weeks in with the the breakdowns. Absolutely. And that's going to do it. Thank you very much for checking out this episode, and we will see you next week for the general.
1: Bye.